good people what up what up pull up a chair join us at the hip-hop round table yeah yeah landon hill on the mic with my good brothers with me for another uh episode we'll do a deep dive on just all things related to hip-hop culture if you've never tuned into the podcast before uh first who i have with me uh in in no particular order but the same order uh for every episode we got M-O-M, Mind of Mylan, Mr. Mylan Drake. What's going on with you, sir? Uh, man, you know what it is. And uh, in these streets, trying to save these kids in the building, trying to stay out the heat. Uh, it was. It has been a scorcher. Uh, the streets are... <laughs> a scorcher? <laughs> it's been a scorcher. Uh, these streets are uh, hot as... I mean, Dev will tell us that, I'm sure. I'm sure he will let, let us know where the streets are. But uh, yeah, man, it just um, school started finally. Um, just getting getting back to being in person, man. So just getting back back out to, and it, it feels like uh, you know a different you know obviously being you know being in the building and being in these streets trying to save these kids is a lot different than trying to save them on Zoom. Uh, and we didn't realize you you feel it once you you get back to doing things in person it takes a lot more energy um honestly it takes a little bit more energy doing it on zoom because you're just tired you know like meeting after meeting after meeting but here you just got to like plan things out a little differently than you would virtually so all that to be uh be said i'm I'm excited to uh get back to the activism of uh education and uh yeah Excited. I mean, I'm glad. I'm just for the record, people, you know, listeners. I initiated today's um, podcast by saying I come in peace. Um, last week, it was, was initiated. Violence, brother. It, 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 it was carrying over. It was initiated in "I'm here to fight." That's what I don't know what Landon was on. <laughs> we we were basically his punching bags for for. for <laughs> brother, no, we're not gonna do that. There was no <laughs> punching bags anywhere, brother. There was a lot. But he of wanted, um, but yeah. So Verbal I, I initiated. Bags. I said, "Are we recording?" Dot dot dot. I come in peace. Like nah, let's, let's, all that happened <laughs> last week. Let's, let's set the record straight. What happened is you punched me off camera, and then somebody recorded me swinging back. That, that's what happened. So, <laughs> so what they saw was my retaliation. Hey, but everybody knows a real life world star. Right here. Everybody knows the second person gets the technical foul. Like, <laughs> hey man, you, you can't respond. You can't <laughs> respond. Oh. Have I know? I know. I fell for it. That's what happened um but you did bring this well no nah, i don't yeah you i think you did that as a uh as a as a technicality but you know it is what it is you you did you did at least say it i'll admit it um we'll see if we can keep keep this one more cordial um uh, but uh and, and glad to know that you are finally back in the building but you was the last of the, of the group dev is you know as a uh resident um essential worker you know he 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 been he's been in the building but I've been back in the building for a little bit now, too. I probably could have claimed essential workerism. You know, I'm not going to do that, though. You know what I mean? I'm humble out here. But, you know, you, you was the last one, brother. So it's good to know that you finally back in the building. Uh, clearly, my, my work is not essential. But I'm, here, <laughs> but I'm here anyway. It doesn't matter. I'm here anyway. That's It's nothing you can do. Essentially. And then, of course, holding down all of Southern California, we got YG, a.k.a. Young Ghost, a.k.a. Young Dev. What's going on with you? 
What's good, people? Man, like we say, always just a pleasure. Get on on our podcast nights while we not think about what's going on in our uh, our day-to-day operational lives. Look, that's how you know I work too much. Um, I'm talking about day-to-day operations, but nonetheless, in the building, getting the keys so that when the streets open up, because you know that Delta variant, um, and I mean to say that in no joking way, actually, because uh, it is pretty crazy out here. But uh, when the streets open up, man, try to save these kids, man. So doing well. I don't know if you know, the streets well. is open, brother. The, the, streets, the is, streets is open to those who don't. They shouldn't be, but they want are. To make decisions that may benefit their lives. I just, but I just want to let the record state this is, I don't know, episode 3000, maybe. Um, and you still didn't find a way to not bring it back to the streets because you said, I'm out here getting these keys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. For the streets. We know, the streets. We, we know what that means. Yeah, I'm getting Pretty sure keys. I heard pushing well, keys or something like that. To save key, uh, kids with, with those kind of keys. Saved them. I just said, I'm in the streets and in the building. I didn't say nothing about no keys. I just said, I'm out here. You don't have to. Yeah, I'm getting keys, man. Like, whoa, whoa. Like, what? Tons of keys. Like, uh, oh, it would be the other way around. You would get the keys from the streets, right? No, wrong. Yes, you get the yes. keys from Ace Hardware or a local key maker. You don't get your keys from the streets. I don't think anyone <laughs> no, don't you on earth don't you wants a key now. made from the street. Like, hey, man, can you make my which house? Why, oh, yeah, right, real quick, why dog, I, I got said you. from the building. It, listen, maybe next week. I don't know. This week is out. Your keys, you're and you, you, you're out. You're, you're still power. You're still, you're still power. He's so. still ghost. I'm in the building seeing the key maker for all my movie uh, connoisseurs out there. You know where that's from? AKA yeah, the Connects. I got but, it. But yes. AKA the Connect. Stop. <laughs> See, I like Oh, wait. No, I don't. Uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all jacked up. Look, and the key maker is a man of uh, less words. <laughs> what he talking all about business? This dude. Uh, anyway, man. like I said, it's always good to come on here <laughs> to to get another hip hop conversation going. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I'm probably gonna be if folks are listening uh, or ask folks are listening. I'm probably gonna sound a little bit. Uh, my tone is going to be down just because uh, my daughter should be asleep. She's not. Uh, but, you know, so just just to make sure that she don't uh, wake up in the midst of. Um, and, and again, hopefully we keep this one not not so violent as the last one. So, you know, my 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 temperament should stay down. My voice should stay down and she should be able to, to, to sleep peacefully. Um, you know, as, but, the college, uh, as the college student, she is. You know, yeah, she she uh she she be acting like she is sometimes. We're trying to stay up all types of night and pull pull all nighter. She be be acting like that sometimes, but uh, she got to be up early. We got to be up early, so I need her to, to actually go to sleep. Um, but uh, but otherwise, all is well. Uh, looking forward to jumping into this topic. Um, and I'm actually gonna let Mylan introduce it because he uh. He, he brought this to the to the forefront and we ended up having a number of different ways that we thought we could splice this this combo but once you go ahead and let people know what we're talking about today and where we should start yeah so 
the general topic or the foundation of the conversation is um, where does hip hop stand on, um, I, I don't want to say hip hop, but hip hop participants, those who participate in hip hop, where do they stand on mental health and accountability? Um, and so, as you know, as you may know, um, Kanye just recently dropped an album and um, it was named after his mother who passed away, I feel like it's been some years now. I, wanna, I almost wanna say four, maybe five, but it could be more than that, I could be wrong. Um, but his mother passed away, he named the album after her and, it, and the album, um, outside of just critique of hip hop, like did you like the song, was it lyrical or whatever, it, the album just raised for me a thought of like, is Kanye okay? Um, and one, what is his state? What is his, what is his mental state? But that's not, it's not just Kanye. We have many, multiple examples of what could be deemed the state of, of an artist uh, or a rapper if they aren't artists and don't have really real skill set. Um, their mental well-being and or the accountability that their immediate surroundings, people, their immediate, yeah, from the people that are in their immediate surroundings. Um, for example, I was just, we were just talking about offline that I can't remember the name of the documentary, but it was obviously with Lil Wayne in it. And um, I feel like it was his DJ or someone within his tour was like, yo, you really overdoing it with the with these styrofoam cups and this lean, you need to fall back. And nobody else said anything. And Lil Wayne said, man, listen, it is, it is what it is. If you don't like it, stop looking at me, basically. And that was an example of accountability. And I'm not necessarily talking about mental wellness as far as it psychologically or social emotionally, but where do people stand on habits that can be detrimental to their health? So it could be as simple, I wanna say as simple, because it's not simple, but it could be something like continuing to drink, but driving drunk. It's like, yo, I don't, bro, like that whole, like I was listening to a song today, the dude said, he's like, you know, drunk, drunk again, I'm passing out. Hopefully, I stay in the same. I stay in the in the same lane. And I was like, th "That's the least." I don't know if if we should just be staying in a lane. If you blacking out, like if you like, I don't think you should be behind. Like I had so many questions, and his thought was like, "We at it again, boy." Hopefully, I stay in the same lane. You know, feel like no, no, I don't. That's not it's not okay. So, mental wellness plus and or accountability toward mental wellness plus and or how do we deem habits that are just potentially detrimental to our beloved artist and and because they're beloved do they hey man let them drink drunk let them drive drunk let them uh, do cocaine hey let them party hard or whatever and, and you know it, it's it's going to get us to art we gotta let him do his thing or her thing. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the premise.
of the uh, of the thought that sparked the the conversation. Young Dev, why don't you why don't you jump in here and give us your initial thoughts? Yeah, um, man, this one here is uh, kind of speaking to life, right? But in the realm of the hip hop world, it's funny how when we speak about the like the original times the the initiation of hip-hop um and how beautiful it is as a culture and whatnot but then several conversations come about about what i can say what what what, the word i'll use is like the deposits of hip-hop and and what the culture does and mental health is one you know misogyny would be another one right and things of that nature and so to talk about it is uh, is really cool. Um, I often think that, like when I say the origins again, I mean, shoot, truth, truth be told, hip hop was the release or the manifestation of maybe the black and browns dealing with a level of uh, circumstances that could uh, affect their mental health without being able to express and having to bottle all that in, you know, could could have been a deterrence to their own lives or mental health, if you will. So hip hop coming out, um, every time I think about it, I think about the stories in New York about how the economy was at that time. Um, some of the living situations, I think about the burning projects, you know, and all that stuff like that. And then with no media coverage whatsoever, no concern to help, no concern, you know, and when I say concern, no concern, I'm thinking more city official government type, you know, assistance, you know, similar to natural disaster release type efforts. Um, Man, I'm just talking myself into epiphanies like there was no consideration of that being a... uh, like a natural disaster, right? But an entire community at, at this point could have been in a sense destroyed, right? And so here's hip hop now to to tell everybody in the nation what's really going on because it's not being covered. Um, but now we enter a phase of this topic where we allow hip hop to grow, evolve, and with the, I'll, I'll go here with it, with, with, the, with the underlying standards or underlying relatable elements of wanting to be of a certain status or caliber to be respected has now caused folks to not, like you said earlier, Mylon, not have accountability or you know somebody who you may even care about you know you you won't you won't catch them in 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 their act of of being habitual towards contributing to their mental uh health um we were speaking offline and of course we we know the main one i'll i'll let that i'll let that artist come come a bit uh later but uh you know we brought up little wayne as well as an example um and and i'm sure there's probably countless artists that we could see 
but you know that's the one that comes about where we literally watched his life right and um it's interesting how we know uh the little wayne documentary i, I want to say it came out it's been so much time now it should have to be like a good seven or eight years now since that documentary came out where i thought about his story of, of you know when he was younger and a police officer came and saved him or something like that and he considered like he was like uncle something or end up he saw him as like a father figure and then after that is when he started rapping a lot right so that's that's how Lil Wayne came to be but now of course we know the circumstances of New Orleans and 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 what that means and multiple societies that kind of deal with just inner city black and brown underprivileged marginalized situations Lil Wayne now grows up into this but what what now is building up Lil Wayne right so there's a level of unapologeticness I feel like Lil Wayne developed that could contribute to him uh his 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 mental health on a, on a negative front right so man I'm I'm excited to just kind of hover around you know that it, it kind of bleeds into um, more societal issues of, you know, men and how we relate growing up uh, as peers. Um, I think about, I think about the age of accountability and how I call it 12 years old, or at least that's what was usually universally known as 12 years old is the age of accountability. Um, but at that point, everybody's in middle school of some sort, right? Depending on when, you know, uh, you were born. I, I know that sixth grade or something was like the end of elementary school at one point, and like tenth grade was the start of high school or another point. Uh, you know, yeah, somebody can correct me uh, later. Um, but we at that checker, so everything you say is true. right. <laughs> good, good to know. Good to know. But at that point of age of accountability, I feel like it's when it starts to not go downhill, but that's where all the uh, accountability goes out the window. So we are now have an open canvas to develop some sort of thing that that may contribute to a level of mental health, whether good or bad at that point. So, man, thinking about artists, it's just as that extra layer when you're trying to be somebody, right? And distinct yourself as, an, as a, a dope artist, a good rapper, what have you. You know, egos, we talk about egos probably on one episode where all these things contribute so you know we, we're trying to bring some awareness to to the fact that uh mental health is something that that should be uh acknowledged in hip-hop and this is why people this is why and, and we'll hear it said so many times why when they when we say how do you digest hip-hop or you know what's your favorite kind of content when it comes to hip-hop it has to be conscious rap, man. For me, it just has to. I just I just get the most out of it. I get the most out of conscious rap because conscious rap honestly addresses those things that you wouldn't have on a on a normal conversation. It's not your typical bar conversation while you're hanging out. Like these aren't the things uh, there's taboos that are being addressed, you know, in conscious hip hop and whatnot. So um, I do like the fact that hip hop has a spectrum and plays a plane on you know conscious hip-hop trying to address things but then you also have how society manifests itself in the hip-hop 
on the side of things that are mainstream to me where that growth of clubbing of you know I, I don't know what to call it when it's like I mean chasing women or something you know just kind of the promiscuous life I mean you know, the promiscuous life um and how that how both of those sides can live in this genre so I don't even know what that's going to spark for for any of y'all responses but that'll kind of be my intro is just to see how far we can dive into you know how hip-hop kind of has spaces for this right and 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 there's a side that addresses it and then there's a side that presents what we need to address <laughs> so that's that's interesting to me i'll, I'll just kind of go with that right now before we dive deeper mr drake what would your response be to your own uh question or prompt and or anything that you uh just heard you to speak on what's your what's your what's your thought i don't worry about me brother Right. Goes, brother, brother, to, why are you trying to, to mess up the hand. order, brother? Come on, because I, I, I went first, brother. I went, I just went and passed right, it to brother. death. Come on, brother. But you, you know what? Rhythm, but you know what? No, actually, I didn't go. I, 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 I introduced it and then that exactly. went hypothetically. Exactly. You're right. You're right. Again, I come in peace, brother. You know, I don't, I don't want. <laughs> right, right. You know, I don't want to get pimp slapped with a degree. Brother. I just, <laughs> brother, <laughs> I'm, I'm going back on mute. I'm just trying to live here, brother. I'm just trying to live. Right. Speaking uh, of which, how how your degrees looking up there again? You know, they nice and polished. Brother, brother, let's not let's not get sidetracked. Let's go. <laughs> we were about to hear wisdom from from Mr. Drake, brother. Let's not get sidetracked. Get sidetracked. Um, I I, I I'll, I'll be brief and and just saying that I I think Devin really laid out a couple of examples and directions that the it's definitely a rabbit hole of concern. Um, if you are thinking about the health of the people in, in question and the actions in which um, uh, the people that they could potentially hurt while those actions go unaddressed, for example. Um, I think I'll just you, you know, throw the, you know, probably the most controversial around this time frame, um, as we record now is, is R. Kelly. And we talk, and he covers both the bases of accountability. There's a lot of people coming up, coming forward, or not, I don't want to say a lot. There's several people coming forward now saying, yeah, I remember uh, he was in the studio and I think uh, it was an underage girl in there, but you know, I didn't say nothing and then we just recorded my my song and then I left or whatever the case may be. Um, and so that's an example of A, the accountability, but also B, the the impact and the, the trauma that is, the tragedy that is, that is um, proceeded to happen to others because no one did or said anything. And then you also got to think of the actual, um, the mental wellness or mental health of R. Kelly, who um, was molested when he was a child um, by, uh, I, I believe it was his uncle. Um, and that's all that he talks about, but he doesn't talk about other instances that may or may not have happened. But to that end, that again points to things that we see, reactions that happen. And, and I think the, the one thing that I will raise up that we talked about offline is everybody doesn't know what to do in those occasions. 
So things happen, people do things, and we just say things like, oh, that's just how they are. Or, uh, you know, like, I mean, you know, I can't speak for all um, ethnic groups, but black, black folks have often said, you know, you always have to have that one uncle who will have a flashback if he's been in the military, like, oh no, you know, Uncle Rollo, he, he'll be sitting on the couch and then he'll like, get down. I mean, you know, we just get down, but you know, but after that he'd be cool. Like, that's, that's, not, that's not okay. Like he, he, mm-hmm. he's having a reaction or response to something and we can't just, we don't know what, I don't know what to do. And we also don't think that we actually have the power to make anyone do anything. Be it R. Kelly or your own or your own uncle, like I can't make you go to therapy, and I don't know where our friendship, our connection, our relationship will be, and how it will be impacted if I if I say something and or continue to say something. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it's drugs, sex, um, bad behavior, like you know, drunk driving. No matter what it is, if every time you're around me, you are reminding me that I shouldn't be doing it, or you're telling me that I should stop, one of us is going to stop being around each other. Either I'm going to stop inviting you, or you're going to stop wanting to come. You don't want to be at every event watching me get sloppy drunk, get into a car, like you just don't, you don't want to be a part of that. And if you are the person being sloppy drunk, getting in the car, you don't want somebody around you every five minutes telling you you shouldn't be doing that. So that's to something that comes to play comes into play is yes we talk about accountability yes we're talking about how do we help and direct and guide but also if the person does not want that then i'm out of their life if you see yourself as the one person to say man i don't know if you should be getting in the car right now and then you say it enough to where the person doesn't hang out with you anymore now they're getting in the car and there's no one to tell them that they shouldn't or to keep an eye or like, hey, what time? Where are you going? Oh, I'm going, I'm going 880 today. All right. Uh, uh, call me when you get home. Like there's none of that because you've been excluded or self-excluded from, from the circle. So um, I'll, I'll end there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when when you first pose the the question or the idea I think there's I mean like like both of you have said there's a number of thoughts that come to mind as it pertains to like mental health what we see in hip-hop right and like how do we as folks who participate in hip-hop tend to respond to it Um, and obviously we are just three of millions of people who participate in hip-hop in one way or another right so um I'm, I'm not trying to speak in general terms, but, um, or at least I will try to, in my comments, speak not just solely to like my or just our um, way of responding to that, but like just kind of what I think I see in the culture as a whole. Uh, but I think the first thing is like to recognize that you know, at least uh, some or a lot of what we're talking about isn't unique just to hip hop, right? Like if folks watch the, um, <clears throat> I mean, there are stories of this like with countless celebrities, but um, what came to mind um, as we were having this conversation is like with the uh, folks, all the Billie Holiday, um, uh, uh, not documentary, but the uh, the movie that was done actual, on her life. Yeah, the actual movie. The, the biopic, biopic. Um, you know, she was you know she was shooting up and she was 
you know, involved in, she was in abusive relationships and, you know, some people would say so, some people wouldn't as long as they was getting paid, but like there was, there was clearly not somebody who was able to hold her account. One, was she in a place to be held accountable um, or meaning in a mental or emotional space to receive that accountability? Um, No, that could be questioned. And were people genuinely caring about her enough to hold her accountable, even if it meant that, you know, their own pockets, livelihoods, whatever, may be affected, right? So all that stuff comes to play. But I just had to say, obviously, it's not relegated solely to hip hop. That being said, I think that, um, you know, there are signs very early that oftentimes we don't always pay attention to. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I said back, man, probably before Dark Twisted Fantasy came out, I don't remember exactly when his mom died, but I know it was before then. She might have died before 808. Uh, but Either way, like when she did, it was clear Kanye was going through something. I felt like he just never got back to his quote unquote normal self, right? Whatever, whatever that could officially mean. But there was clearly he he lost something. And I don't think he ever fully recovered from that. And I think there have been moments of at least what I would see as like spiraling. Now he has come out and said that he's, you know, on medication, sometimes takes it, sometimes does or whatever, but like there were clearly signs. Um, I think very early on. Um, I think J. Cole even addressed it, you know, in um in one of the songs he came out with before uh before Four Your Eyes Only. Um, but like so there are times I think at least when there are signs. And I think there are also times like clear signs. Um and I think some of and even if it wasn't that early, I think some of Kanye's other behavior and like that was kind of manic kind of spoke to that, right? Um but I think there's also times when, and this is where, again, it's like artists that I don't necessarily always even rock with, or I don't necessarily like all the time. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but like, I think especially when I get on here and I'm talking about a lot of these younger artists that we don't always give, don't always show the utmost respect to from a, from a, you know, hip hop kind of pure standpoint. Right. Um, and Dev, to your comments about like even, you know, conscious rap or whatever, I think I, I try to steer away from that language to some degree. I understand what you're saying, so I'm not challenging that, but mm-hmm. um, because like a lot of times my point is these very same things that we're talking about, like a lot of these artists will actually say it in the music. Now, again, is it the way we would like them to be said? Like, it's one thing for it. it it's one thing if somebody is uh, it's one thing to recognize that you have a problem and not necessarily know how to either how to solve it or how to address it or maybe not uh, always feel like you have or know the tools needed to be able to um, fully process what's going on right so you know I think somebody like a Kendrick or a J. Cole or whoever Part of the reason, at least I, and I think others gravitate towards them, is that they're able to lay out kind of all of their, you know, the things that may be bothering them, right? Or the things that they may be going through or, you know, stuff that they're processing, but do so in a way that is very thoughtful and 
seems to indicate that there is enough going on that they can catch themselves before they go too far down, like kind of a, 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 a bad space, so to speak. And so I think people could resonate with that and can appreciate it and like, you know, recognize what it is that they're doing. And so, but in being vulnerable, they're also being thoughtful, right? I think that there are other artists who will essentially be saying the same thing um, or at least acknowledging that there is some problem that needs to be addressed but they just may not be in the space for whatever reason, whether it be just youth, whether it be, you know, lack of exposure to, you know, certain practices, whether it be, they just don't have the right people in their corner, whether it be their trauma is so severe that, you know, they can't necessarily move to the next, whatever it is, right? A lot of times that stuff is in the music and we write it off as either it just like being a song or we trash it because we don't necessarily like it or you know we don't under fully understand kind of what they're getting at or whatever right and so how then to me that then begs the question i think which is kind of what we're getting at here is like how do we what do we do with that, right? Um, you know, I, I'm i not a big, uh, I, you know, I, I've said, I mean, I've come on here and I said, you know, like I really like Lil Baby. I'm not the biggest Dirk fan, but like I got their album, I like their album. But like, they talk a lot on there about like, you know, sipping lean and stuff like that. And I and I, I don't want to attribute it to this album. And I don't think that was either one of them, but um, there's even some song I just listened to it and I cannot think of what song it is right off the top of my head. Oh, I think it was actually, I think it was actually a Nipsey Hussle song and it's featuring somebody I can't remember, but this is on the Crenshaw album. And somebody says on there, like, I'm sipping on the same thing that killed, uh, you know, killed Pimp C, that killed DJ Screw, right? And the acknowledgement, like the literal acknowledgement, I am I recognize what happened to these folks, mm-hmm. recognize that they are legends in hip hop. And yet I am opting in <laughs> to, to still do this thing. Right. And the same thing that, and I mean, that just brings me back to like, you know, Lil Baby and Dirk on, on their album, you know, multiple references to like, yo, I can't give this up. Like I'm addicted to it. like, and acknowledge, like, we'll even say something like, I'm embarrassed and I'm addicted to this, right? But like, we just hear it and like kind of keep it pushing, but like, that's a call for help, right? Like that's, I am embarrassed and I'm addicted to this medicine. Like, has anybody done anything about that? You know what I'm saying? Like, and and what do we as like consumers do? I don't know, right? Um, But but there are, but I think all of that speaks to whether it be, and, and I, I mean, I think we started this with mental health. I think there is just a, a general sense of health, whatever this is, right? Um, that leads folks to, to kind of uh, engage in these destructive behaviors, but, or at least what, what, I would, what I would consider like destructive behaviors, right? But is, it, it just, it, it, to me, it goes back to, how do we 
one, how do we actually um, process what it is that we are hearing from artists? And is there anything to be done when artists are bearing their souls in this way um, that acknowledges that there are certain destructive behaviors or mental, uh, you know, or, or uh, you know, psychological um, things that they are going through that is not good for them, but also, which I think we, we, you know, it's an uncomfortable thing to sit with, oftentimes is the reason why they tend to be <laughs> great artists, right? In one way or another, whether it be, that's how it's the help, it helps the, in their approach to music. It's just a way of, you know, a lot of artists will claim that it's therapy for them and that's the way that they're able to kind of get the stuff out, whether it be that, um, you know, you using you know heavy use of drugs or alcohol or whatever allows for them puts them in like a different type of creative state that they don't think they, they at least don't think that they can achieve um without it right like you know we we see this a lot like we we all we have champion mary j like yeah, when Mary J is hurt, like that's when she throws. Like that's when we we feel like yo, like that's the music that we want. But like we gotta stop and right, think about right. like what we saying, right? So, you know, do we do we contribute to this when we we subscribe to the hurt and the pain that comes through in in this music that oftentimes is reflective of some of these like either psychological issues or you know abuse issues or whatever. Um, and then when folks actually kind of then tend to either sober up, clear up, uh, have clarity, whatever, and things start to change for them, like, do we actually embrace them in the same way? Right? Like, I think that's just another, and I don't want to take us too many different directions, but like, I'm just kind of sharing where the, the different layers and levels to this that I think there are, um, but you know i think it's i think it's a tough thing to process because unfortunately i think that a lot of artists in dealing with what they're dealing with utilize this medium of music and especially in hip hop for folks who have felt like they have been unheard their you know their trauma hasn't been addressed they are going through things that are undiagnosed right or whatever this is the space, the place that they can do it, uh, that, that they can share what's going on, that they can, you know, maybe feel unjudged, whatever. But that doesn't always necessarily mean that they're also getting the help that like the, the actual help that they need. And so where does that ultimately lead them um, or leave them? Um, so anyway, I probably just said a whole lot that I don't think was one consistent thought, but um, but I think at least address some of what you were talking about, Mylon, and I think to like in your initial comment and then like to both of y'all comments um just in what i heard but i don't know if there if y'all pulled anything from from any of that yeah no i i um i appreciate the fact that you mentioned how most artists who are who who are deemed great artists or who do well are basically using the platform of their struggle or using the platform you know or, or going off of what they are going through to to actually contribute to their great artistry and then that's what makes it uh 
a double-edged sword. That's the word. It makes it a double-edged sword because, you know, if things are all going well, nobody wants to hear about it. Like nobody wants to, you know, it's like, all right, who are you? Like now it's, now it's like, okay, now, now you're something I need to attain to or something I'm, I'm trying to reach. And it, it's not, it's not resonating with me. You know, I, I need to relate to a struggle. Um, and like you brought up with Mary J. Blige, like relationships. So, you know, that's a common thing is to, you know, have struggles in relationships. Um, and so we bring it about. Um, and then, but then even, even as I brought it up, I just brought up another aspect of mental health is if uh, and I'm, I'm going here with the like the bling bling era and, and how flossing and 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 basically richness, riches and and, you know, property of mansions and whatnot uh, brought brings it brings the mental uh, mental health aspect towards towards the listeners and the consumers now at this point which then these said listeners and consumers grow up and turn into hip hop artists themselves. So now they're coming to the game with this level of mental health, um, not saying good or bad, but depending on how they continue to, uh, what, whatever their goals are, whatever is motivating them, right, to continue to make music, could have been influenced from a high and mighty life of riches and, you know, high life living and again with the promiscuity and everything that just uh you know i won't i don't always want to bring it to party but it's just there there is a level of like flexing and stuff that that occurs that now can influence another artist to come about and then that could be what all they're about and that that is a habit it's in itself that we can bring up that that will contribute to to a negative detriment of their mental health. So it's crazy how it, it becomes uh, two sided. You know, um, we appreciate we appreciate the fact that people have these struggles uh, to make great music so that we can relate. And, and honestly, there's a lot there's a lot of good that comes from that because it helps people realize that they're not in whatever they're going through alone right it it can it can actually probably draw people out of whatever said mental illness that they may be developing and so an artist like mary j or artists like bmx you know uh dealing with just the way they grew up um can now can now have a can now basically have like this psyche, right? Where it's like, okay, I can get help or I can, you know, come out of this just because they saw DMX have somewhat of a, you know, a good life, even though unfortunately, you know, rest in peace. The the thing that he was struggling with was, was the thing that actually took him out. But if he was to reflect you know, he would still say he, he had a, a good life, right? So, um, yeah, man, it's just it's just crazy how, and it, it's funny, I don't know, every time somebody speaks, I feel like we're going further and further away from, from Milan's uh, aspect of the accountability part, but I know it's going to come back in there somehow. No, I mean, because I, I hear, you know, I, I think what we're, we're what, what both of you and Landon spoke to 
is that this idea that the mental, the, the detrimental practices or habits, be it drugs, drinking, gangbanging, and again, I'm not calling gangbanging uh, negative, I'm saying, um, taking what I, what I call taking penitentiary chances. You know, gangs are, they're a complicated um, part of life in, the, in, 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 in certain areas, especially, um, I think for me being in California, I think we can argue or you are dead. It's like, it's, it's a totally different conversation in, in LA. Um, even I was listening to, um, which brings me to, I was bringing, uh, listening to Mozzie do an interview on, I think it was Breakfast Club. And he was like, gangs in LA is, it's, they, they deeper, you know, he would, this, these are his words. He was like, they're, they're, they're deeper in it. They're more, it's total it's different than Bay Area. And the question, the next question was like, oh, okay. You know, so he's like, yeah, you know, I just, I just buried somebody that I, I love one. And the question from the Breakfast Club was like, well, how do you deal with those things? And he's like, man, for me, it's the music. Music is like therapy. And he's like, yeah, but not to go deep on you, but that's not dealing with it. That's, that's you putting it out there, but you haven't dealt with, like, I just lost a friend. You played the you you wrote a song which is cool but that is not dealing what do you do and he was like man that's it's a good question so and, and, and he, he was respectfully he was like man and if you don't know or you don't have an answer right now that's fine i just wanted to i was just curious if you had something that you actually do because if it's i i'm i'm write songs and I have a therapist. I write songs, and I pray. I write songs, and you know, it was just like, no, nah, I just, I just write the song because you write a lot of songs. You know what I'm saying? Like you write songs all the time, and that doesn't necessarily. That's not finding resolve. That's you trying to put a cap of resolve on the problem, um, and because of that. That kind of, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say the interviewer was holding him accountable because they don't know each other like that. Um, but the accountability, I, I want to say, I don't, I assume they don't know each other like that. I don't know. They might be best friends. They might have each other's names tattooed on the small of their back. For all I know. I don't know. Um, why but, do you go to, to the left that you do? <laughs> like, why? I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't know their situation. I don't know. Um, but I mean, they might yeah. be lovers. I don't. I don't really know. Like, why? Why do you go there? <laughs> no, I left that out. I left. I did. I did leave that out. I did. I did. I did not not walk down that street. Um, but yeah, it, it was just an interesting question, and I and I do respect the way that the person asking that the, the question was like, and that's dope. I'm glad you have music. As it's like, there's a difference between an outlet and the thing that you do to find actual healing you know what i mean like an outlet music i run um okay because I'm, I'm just you know again doing like y'all like i'm following y'all lead like we're just going all over the place um the show this is us that's what the the brother on the show the that's what he was like i run 
And then his wife was like, well, you still need to see somebody. Like you can't just run, you know, and be like, oh, I got, I had a horrible day. I got a lot of things going on. I'm stressing. I got anxiety. I'm just going to run. It's like, yeah, that's an outlet, but you need some guidance, some healing on how, what do you do when this keeps arising? Cause you have unaddressed trauma. And um, as a word that I thought about, cause I was like, you know what? We talk about in the black community all the time, PTSD. We talk about PTSD this, PTSD that, and you know, like, oh, you know, folks are um, suffering from some type of trauma. But we don't talk about, and I don't know if either of you have even heard of this word, but continuous trauma traumatic stress disorder. It's trauma that has extreme and potentially mm -hmm. devastating effects on emotional health, especially when it lasts a long time. People who are people who are exposed to um, a danger. At a, at a consistent level, repeatedly for a long time, may have continuous. To me, Black folks, we, everybody, everybody on this call, we don't have PTSD, like we don't have PTSD with run-ins with the police. We have continuous, like every time you see them, every single time, like, oh snap, let me, let me sit up. I don't want no problems. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, Every day I leave the house, I think I have to think about where I'm putting my wallet. If I put it in my backpack and put it in my trunk, I'm thinking, and eh, do I want to get pulled over? And then you see your, you know, license and registration. All oh, my license is in the trunk, sir. Like, ma'am, you're like, nah, you know what? I don't, I don't want those problems. So I have to be very intentional about where I put my wallet because. I don't want to be on the news like, oh yeah, my wallet's down here under the seat. What are you doing? Like, you know, like what? And then, and then every, all of y'all read like, what happened? This fool put his wallet under the seat, bro. Like what was like, what the, like, what kind of, he must not, he didn't even want it. He wasn't even thinking about us. He didn't love us. You know, like, man, damn, man, that's how y'all feel. Um, but that, that term of continuous is, it, it, it points to, Hey man, you can't just keep writing songs. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got continuous trauma, like you continuously having family members get shot and die before the age of 23, and you got friends and family, and you off on tour, and then you get a call, you know, Devante got killed, and you know his auntie was down there, she got killed. Like, man, I'm just gonna write a song about it. That's cool. That's an outlet for you to uh, for your immediate, but long term, that song you write. It's not going to prevent your healing. And so I, I really, and there's another, Mozzie was another one that sparked this conversation of like, what, where, where do we, and, and I think, I, I think the answer is we don't have an answer. Um, I think the answer is we, we, the answer to the question is to ask more questions. Um, because I don't know. I don't know, you know, artists like Tupac, everything Tupac gave us was because his drama, his trauma, his drama, was all on wax. Whatever he was going through or thinking or saw, he wrote it down and sang it and we enjoyed it. But that didn't make him his best version of himself, which made him do things when instead of just getting in the police car, he's spitting at the camera. Instead of just going to court and walking out, he walking out doing the George Jefferson walk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and the judge, 
okay, I got something for that one. When he comes back in here for next week's trial, like it's, you know, you, I remember watching, I'm like, no, Pac, like, no, man, like, they just, they, they don't want to be shown up. And so all, I say all that to say, I, I don't think that, I think that there is a necessity for a yes and. Yes, you write music, you sing songs, you produce music, you're around music, if that's your love. And we need to include an actual healing to the CTSD that we are can, you know, participating in because we're not in a post. I feel like that's what, you know, when you look at the writing of a song, it's like, oh yeah, that trauma is behind me now. Or the trauma, the, that the traumatic event is behind me. And now I'm just going to write about it because I'm in this PTSD space, but you're actually in consistently having trauma. So I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's such a good point that you brought up, um, you know, is 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 the releasing of the song, is the writing of the song actually the end of their, uh, you know, situation or struggle that they may be going through? And and I think we as consumers uh, think that is the case. Right. We uh, and I'm trying to I'm going to see if I can, you know, this this is a, a kind of, you know, a sensitive or heavy topic, if you will. But even kind of going into, he, he comes up sometimes, he, he, he doesn't in others, but Drake, and I think just the love life aspects of his music, <laughs> he might have some, he might have some stress or some trauma, you know, that, that might occur. You know, we, we don't know his situation um, as much outside of maybe you know, trying to make it through the circumstances in which he comes about, you know, being from Canada. So it's kind of like not a true American citizen outsider. Um, you know, father was not there, but then there trying to develop it as he got more, you know, acclimated into his fame and celebrity and and then you know just kind of like the love for his mom and stuff like that how does all how does all that play out in in relationships and how he approaches it right so um that's just another aspect of like we hear all these songs marvin's room and <clears throat> and all these different things that he's dealing with uh, of course they could be made up or fiction um but could that be part of what he's dealing with? I mean, and then look at the aftermath or look at the manifestation of all that. He ended up having a kid. He ended up having a kid with the type of person he had it with. And then, uh, and I guess for those who don't know, because we can't act like people know everything. I think it was, a was it a, a porn star or something like that? That he had a kid by? I think so. Something. something. Yeah. And then hiding it and then the beef revealing it with Pusha. So, you know, we want to talk about accountability, but Pusha might have did the opposite <laughs> and like maybe push Drake more into that trauma, right? By revealing it. Um, and now Drake kind of living with that. So um to me, as as crazy as it sounds, because you know, 
some people aren't are hip hop, you know, or rap haters, hip hop or rap haters, right? So these are these are some of the evidence that people will use why the genre shouldn't exist or why it's not good and all that stuff. But at the same time, man, I think it addresses taboos, right? Like now and, and and maybe not in the healthiest way or the timing that it should occur like we should never force anybody to address their issues but that made drake have to address his issues after that beef occurred and the public started to know about his situation um and i think in that forcefulness of addressing it could have been the catalyst to honestly start helping drake realize where where he should go with his own mental health regarding relationships so even just kind of thinking about that um the theme for me now has been that all of these situations are double-edged swords right where it's something that on on a face value level you don't want to occur which is why i say the hip-hop haters uh kind of live and thrive off of and use as evidence but at the same time had these things not been addressed or not been pointed out will these artists ever um actually uh actually cope address deal embrace and, and actually grow you know at the end of the day from it um man that makes me want to go into has there been artists that actually been through stuff that we've seen and actually came out on top on the other side with growth that's a that's a nice little question well well, yeah, I mean, that's what I was kind of going to say, right? Like, I think I think there's a couple things that have come out of what, what I've heard y'all say so far, right? One of them is that uh, I think part of the conversation is the recognition that the, the way in which we talk about mental health, I mean, not just in hip-hop, right, like in general, but I think maybe specifically in hip-hop, it has been very narrow. Um. And recognizing that, and I think what, and, and I'm no, I'm no doctor or therapist or anything. So like, I don't, I don't even know what the, what the real answer is, but just in having a conversation, um, recognizing like what, at least what I, what I would believe is that again, any of these behaviors that we would deem as being something that is unhealthy in one form or another right whatever that looks like anything from violence to just maybe uh you know unfavorable uh ways in which you know um people may may carry themselves in relationships right um likely could likely um be reflective of some sort of uh trauma or or response to a uh, some sort of negative uh um experience right and when you have that negative experience and when you have that trauma i don't know that we always talk about trauma and the responses to those as a mental health issue um as much as it is a difference between like a mental health issue and a behavioral issue right 
but I don't know that you can separate the two, right? And again, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where right. people draw the line, right? Like I don't know where you draw the line between there is a there is a literal mental health, like there is something in your brain that is not wired, quote unquote, properly, and so that is constituted as mental health versus, you know, oh no, you're you're just, you know, you just have a um, a reaction where like your brain is working properly, but it's just not responding as quickly as your as your body does or something like that, right? But like, but even in that, does that still consist? To me, there is still a a relationship that's there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I just want to acknowledge that I recognize that the kind of how we're talking about this and the language that we're, that we're using, where we're like interchanging a lot of the terms, I think. But I think it is because there is this. Uh, there's this connection that I don't know what the what the line is if there is one um, or just to or if it is as simple as saying any sort of behavior that you have um, in some way speaks to your level of mental health and if there is any sort of uh, and again I'm struggling with the language here but like I don't even want to say negative but like any sort of negative destructive um, unfavorable whatever ways in which or or ways in which we would typically consider something to not be normal um, that ultimately that that would suggest that there is something mentally that's not clicking which would constitute a a, a mental health issue now again the degree to that could be super wide right so you all of us may be dealing with something as it pertains to mental health, but it not be anything that's like preventing us from, you know, being productive citizens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, right. um, but to assume that like there is anybody who just has a hundred percent complete mental health with no issues whatsoever is probably very unrealistic. Right. So I just, anyway, I, I just wanted to, to say that but i think dev to your point and and i think kind of circling back to um one of the points i made earlier but just to extend it is how does our response as consumers or people who who again participants in hip-hop consumers of the music whatever right um how does our response or what does our response say about our own mental health when again a mary j we want to hear you in pain right because we just feel like you make better music that way it relates to us you know we relate to more whatever what does that say about our mental or emotional health right um i think about jay-z who you know was i i think the well i don't want to say the first time obviously there was some kind of criticism around like kind of going pop but the but I think the time that he probably received the most I don't say backlash but like probably one of his worst uh received albums was uh I don't know why I'm blanking on the name of it right now but the uh the the song or the the album out of retirement you know, where he has like, you know, 30s, the new 20, and he's on his grown man stuff. And he's, you know, he is now at a place where he could, he don't got to be in the projects no more. He don't got to, and people didn't receive it well, 
right? Like he was he was trying to be on some Kingdom Come. Yep. Kingdom I Come. Of, yep. I don't know why I could not think of the name of that. It was only I didn't want to be wrong by saying it, but I, yep, it's Kingdom. No, it is it's, it's absolutely Kingdom Come, right? To the point though, where he then later had to use American Gangster <laughs> as a way of reflecting upon his time and streets to then go back and make the type of album that's like y'all know i don't do this anymore but let me use this to reflect upon the things that i was doing and then it was like this is the jay-z that we want right so what does that say though about us who are unwilling and again i'm speaking in general terms i know that's not everybody but like unwilling to receive the kind of grown man you know businessman out of the streets jay-z but willing to embrace the Jay-Z who is talking the street talk that we know he doesn't even live anymore. <laughs> right? Like now, now I could take that, I could take that further and say that like 444, which was a very kind of more mature album. And I, I mean, I think that's how we that that was the 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 terms that we would typically use, right? Is like Kingdom Come was like probably much more quote unquote mature. Um compared to like other content that he had 444 was right but that was also still kingdom come was like i'm voluntarily like just telling y'all kind of what i'm on now and like trying to kind of show people the way 444 was more so like i got caught doing dirt and now i'm reflecting upon what led to that and having to literally comb through the the various traumas that he had right talking about issues with his dad and you know how he viewed relationships growing up and all those types of things more mature but also still people gravitating towards that and respecting that much more as one of jay-z's mature albums compared to a kingdom come which was not so much in response to anything traumatic but just more so a hey this is like where this is the phase of my life that i'm in right and so and that's not the only two, but like, I think there are other examples of that, of where artists, I don't want to just say happy, but I think they, they tend to maybe not have as much emphasis on like the struggle, but as there is less struggle, there tends to be more criticism or skepticism of the, of the music that they're producing. Mm. And so mm. like, what does that say about us generally in terms of our mental health? Right. And like, not having as much embrace for that as we do for the struggle because i find it very hard to believe that just everybody becomes successful and they just don't know how to make good music anymore only people who struggle know how to make good music like that also would seem like just not like a real thing so yeah i mean so so i just so so that i, I just I, I wanted to bring that up to, to your point i think there are examples of folks who they get on and they win and then they try to they kind of show that not even in a stunning way but like hey we're i'm moving into this new space and then it, it becomes like kind of uncomfortable right like we even saw with 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 um you know with uh at the verses with like jeezy and and gucci right like a lot of people was criticizing jeezy for how he showed up when he was like man i'm trying to put this stuff behind like i'm trying to show up in a different way but mm-hmm. but we're not we're not willing to embrace that right so again what does that say about where we are collectively um because i because 
yeah. So anyway, I, that, that would be my response to that. I think that there are examples and I think that we typically and generally have had less uh, acceptance of when people seem to be working through certain things and then present this like kind of new uh or yeah present themselves in a way that kind of displays that they have overcome again at least some aspect and that's not always received i think in the same way that like the struggle is um so i don't know if i'm off in that i'd love to know what y'all think but that would be my initial response to, to you there I think you're. I think you're spot on, and I and I and I think the the part of that we're. I don't want to say we're leaving out, but that that has to be considered is we're talking about people generally that are either in three phases where they're coming out of. They are a part of. I'm not. I'm not going to use PTSD. I'm going to say they are. Um, engaging in CTSD, which is continuous traumatic stress disorder. They have some type of stress or tra trauma in their life that they are trying to come out of. And then we have people who are using the trauma, the, the I don't wanna even say the rep, just kind of alluding to what you were just talking about, the connection to the trauma, um, what comes with it, if you say I'm in, I used to be in a gang, or I am in a gang, or I used to sell drugs, or I've been to jail, or um, what have you, to to sell the records, and then you have the people who um, who buy it, and by buying it, we're saying, please continue to tell me more about that. Um, like I'm no stranger to it, you know. I mean, I think it's I've gone on record many a time saying Benny the Butcher is one of is is my current all things Griselda uh, are 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 right in line with me, and a lot, and that's all, I don't even say a lot of what Benny the Butcher talks about. That's all he talked about. <laughs> you know, I don't think Benny talked about anything else except I used to trap, I used to sell. I've been to jail. I never snitched. They killed Machine Gun Black. I mean, that's it. Like, you know, like they are committed to. I mean, even the when they when they form together an alliance, it's like, what would Machine do? Like this cat is not even here anymore. And I'm not saying that they're that that's a bad thing. I'm saying. I've I've talked about it, and I, Landon, I I believe you talked about it. I don't know if you talked about it in um, in your book, um, also known as your dissertation. Um, but the, the what? No, do you have a dissertation or not? Like I'm not. Am I making up stuff? Like, is, do you I'm have a dissertation? Holes with y'all. Not, not okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, again, uh, I, I'm I'm spitting off fact here. Um, I don't know if you talked about it in your in your dissertation or if it if it if it was the, but the the what we, what we put um, my wife was telling me about somebody else was telling me about this what people put into it's like a digital remembrance of people when we say like yeah R.I.P. like they're not reading your social post but there mm -hmm. is a literal 
outlet in saying that and posting it. You know, today would have been Tupac's 57th birthday, happy birthday, like, or whatever. Like, people are connected. And so, therefore, as the consumers, I'm connected. I'm trying to get out of this. I've experienced that trauma. You're telling me about it. You relate to me. You are giving voice to my pain. Therefore, I'm supporting it. And I, and to your point, Landon, I don't want to hear about you being healed. We don't say those words, but we say those words. We say those words with Jay-Z. We say those words with Mary J. If Benny the Butcher right now, I remember um, Three Times Crazy, a group, famous group from, from Oakland, when Adrian Man did gospel rap, they were like, wait, I liked it. I thought he was, I thought he was amazing. Um, but folks were like, wait, what? When Mace said, uh, mm-hmm. I'm a pastor, but we don't rock with you no more then. <laughs> it's like, no, wait, hey, I, I, nobody been checking for, for now, no malice since he became yeah, exactly. nobody. Exactly. And, and so we, we don't say the words, I don't want to, I don't like you, Mace, now that you're giving your life to Christ. It's just, all right, well, tell me what was the name of Mace's, for a zillion dollars, what was the name of Mace's first album that he released? after leaving bad boy i don't know like no one like because that stuff doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and so i think because you have those three spaces folks trying to get in or trying to get away from their pain using their pain the folks that are making money off of the off of their former trauma and or continue or ctsd and then the folks who buy it so you have these three levels of people and to your i think bring up a valid point landon is that we also I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if what things is Dev just being a weirdo. Like, that's my homie, but he just weird. Or, oh, Dev got some trauma there. Because Dev may not tell me everything mm-hmm. about his life. So when he does the things that he do does that I that I deem to be, that's a little strange. I don't know if it's just Dev being Dev or, oh, now that you tell me that, that makes sense. And I also, the accountability piece, I don't know how to, I don't want to say today, I think, you know, I'm going to leave it, I'm going to walk away from, I'm not walk away, I'm going to um, stop saying words, but I, I guess acknowledging those three levels of people, does acknowledgement in hip hop look like if I say something then I won't be around to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like when I say a, a part, I mean just in general to hear it, participate, be a part of it. Like I'm not going to be able to produce the next, like think about producers. Producers sit, I've been in a recording session. I have seen producers. Hey man, I just had to push buttons. If you smoking weed, you drunk, you arguing, hey man, I'm here for two hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's, if now that I think about Landon, it's crazy. Like, I don't know if that's like your profession, like, you, you know, Landon's a, you know, a, an honorary um, scholar. And I, I don't, <laughs> you know, in his profession, he why do y'all do this? Why, why? Brother, do you teach or not? Like you, brother, we're lifting you up. You don't want to be lifted. Brother, keep, yeah, keep brother. going, keep going. Golly, brother, that's, 
Hey man, that's trauma right there because this brother don't even know how to be appreciated. You got a trauma of success, brother. Exactly. Put it on extra, brother. I'm giving you extra roses. We need to to apply accountability now. That's all you need to say. (laughs) I'm trying to put. He's like, man, you 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 giving me multiple roses. Wow, excuse me, sir. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, not sorry. Um, Anyway, as I was saying. He's a highly esteemed scholar. And as he is such, he does not have the ability to show up to work drunk or high or on drugs. An artist can do that. The producer is not going to be like, hey, man, I don't want you producing. Like there are literally smoke. There's smoke infested studios where smoke and drugs are all over the place because that's what people say. This is how I create. Um, and so the accountability could be that not only will you not be a part of it, but the art won't exist. If we hold people accountable, there will be no art from that particular artist. I, and and I, I'll, I'll be quiet. Man, see, y'all, y'all bringing up something that I mentioned way back in our, in our days of, of podcasting. And I don't think it ever turned into a topic, but uh, I had mentioned before, I said, if there was no struggle, would there be hip hop? Brother yeah, Lupe I mean, said that, but yeah, you did. You 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 brought it back after Lupe I did. I brought it back. I, I mean, not that I'm the first person. I'm talking about to the, to the airways <laughs> of the, of the hip hop project. I'm just saying, um, brother, you out here, you better, you better get us. Get, Lupe gonna do a, a, a cease and desist, brother. <laughs> <laughs> we saw his idea or something. <laughs> but no yeah it was like uh we said it we was like if there was no you know if there was no marginalization no you know all the things that you could think about as far as you know the tension in our cultures here in america if there wasn't there would hip-hop exist um which is funny you would think it still would because i don't know unless unless y'all can say partying was an outlet that then turned into hip hop. So it was like, you know, the culture to me felt like one of enjoying sonic sound, um, putting words together in a rhythmic scheme, dancing, and, and none of these are from struggle, right? None of these are birthed from struggle. Um, and so that's that's kind of what occurs to it would, me. It would, it would, it would have been more, um, once upon a time, not long ago, like it would have been more storytelling. Mm-hmm. And Slick Rick would have just been the greatest rapper of all time. <laughs> because well, well, I, but, hey, we can live with that. But, but but also, but but also you're you're right, Dev. And at the same time, a lot of the the necessities to even do the parties in the way in which we did them would not have looked the same because that was out of a yeah, lack I of mean you were you were you weren't partying in college out of a struggle. It was like you were like you wanted to have fun. No, I know, but I'm saying, but I'm saying hip hop. Oh, you're saying the original. Like what what yeah, thing. like what the culture looks like and what it constitutes wouldn't be that. So partying would still happen, right? Like, I mean, like the blues is a thing because and that was out of struggle, right? Like music would still happen if there was no right. pain. Partying would still happen if there was no struggle. But the fact that we had to go outside and find the outlet you know outdoors that you had to well i gotta use these beat breaks to 
you know, and like the the innovation that came with that, the fact that you had to, um, you know, you had to be in the part and you had to, and, and the rhymes that folks were saying was based upon the experience of what they were going through in those environments, right? Like the message doesn't happen unless there's struggle. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying is like, what what it ultimately becomes it no i don't think hip-hop does exist if it's not for that does some sort of musical element still exist sure but i don't know that it is hip-hop in the way in which we know it now okay okay i mean that's just my that's that's my that's my take but yeah you know i you know yeah i don't so i don't i don't know that it does I also want to just acknowledge, Mylon, I, I have heard several times the, um, and it's always bothered me, you know, the what the other CPTSD that people always use um, mm-hmm. is complex post-traumatic stress. But I, I don't like it for the very reason that you said it is like for a lot of, for many people, especially when you talk about uh complex post-traumatic stress. No, it's not complex, it's continuous. I mean, where, where, where I found it, it said continuous, not complex. No, well, oh, well that's my point. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I hadn't heard continuous, but that that has always been my issue. Like gotcha. people will, in, in the circles that I've been in, they will use the term complex PTSD. And I'm like, really? but it's not post. Like they're, they're in it right now. Like they will be talking about my students, right? And talking about like the things that they are experiencing currently. So they have complex PTSD because it's because it is supposed to be comparable to what folks who you know come back from war or whatever if yeah and and if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about PTSD obviously folks uh post-traumatic stress disorder at, at least as far as I understand it initially was linked to folks who were in war coming back and yes. were having um uh kind of triggering uh responses to certain things that they were uh that were happening to them here and it would like essentially place them back and force them to relive things that they saw back during war that was very traumatic very heavy and oftentimes caused different. and the reason it's been brought up i don't want to say specifically but in um low-income marginalized underrepresented um poverty stricken below the poverty line whatever word depending on what degree you have out there in the world is some of those same things that people like saw in war and came back and was like not cool, like seeing their friends, you know, sitting somewhere there and then seeing their friends get their, you know, brains blown out, having to shoot, uh, take lives, um, seeing dead bodies, seeing poverty, seeing the impact of, you know, all of the things. That's exactly what happens here. So it's like, wait a minute, that's the same thing that's happening in Chicago. You can't have a summer where over 200 people, 200 plus people are killed in three months and just be like, and I'm good. Let's start school, man. I'm, I'm, you know, summer vacation. Like that's, that's equivalent or similar to the same thing that somebody would be seeing if they were in a little literal war. And so folks started using the phrases with us. And actually, that's what I was going to ask you, Landon. Apologies for breaking you off. I'm not breaking you off. Cutting you off. Whoa, whoa. Uh, it's pause. Whoa. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a serious, serious, serious pause. Um, but I, pausing you from what you, your original point, I was asking you if you talked about it in your dissertation. I know you're more of a, um, 
you know, one of the nine experts in the world on, on rhetoric. But to that end point, okay. I don't know if you talked about, even I had to laugh at that one. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> that was, that was, that was, I was letting that cleanly go through too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was smooth. There was no, no stuttering or anything. But did you, if, um, something else that happens in our communities, if you've ever talked about the RIP shirts, because I've talked about digital, but like people wearing, you know, shirts with people that have been killed and RIP Franklin and hats and all of this stuff. We're literally walking around continuously with the trauma. Like yeah. that is not, you know, tattoos and all of that stuff. Like those are not signs of healing. Those are signs of outlets or I'm trying to find healing. And I don't know I, I, I literally remember a story, and I'm going to let you finish in a very Kanye way. I remember a story of a teacher telling me when she was teaching at Castlemont, and a student, um, one of his friends got killed, and he had a hoodie. And he wore the hoodie until it began, in her words, it was like the hoodie was stiff because he never took it off. He wore it every single day. And he was thinking. And folks were talking about it. And she pulled him to the side. She was like, brother, why aren't you, why won't you take this hoodie off? And when she told me the story, I almost cried. She almost cried. She said he didn't want to take the hoodie off because he felt that he would forget his friend and it would be disrespectful. Like, mm -hmm. this is not just a word like, hey, oh, did you know Tyrone died? Like, no, I am. I am the walking representation of his memory and I can't take this hoodie off. That's not healing. You know what I mean? Like you can't say like, well, I wore this hoodie because it's healing. Mm -hmm. No, that is the CTSD that you were talking about. People were talking about our, the students that we serve from a distance, um, inadequately diagnosing them with something that you, I don't know where you made that up. That's not what that is. That's continuous. Okay. That is a thing. And then to be wearing that hoodie and then have to put somebody else next to it on the other arm, on the other side of the hat. Like that's, that's not okay. That's not, and you're, what, what, I'm sorry, what are you in the 10th grade? That's not, that's not, that's not okay. Uh, and so I didn't know if you dove into, cause I, I, I felt like we talked about it, but I don't know if that was a topic, that type of energy um, was covered in your in your in your in your dissertation. Uh, no, it, it wasn't. But um, it's definitely covered in your every everyday work. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, and just yeah, just to kind of close the loop on that, right? Is like I, it's always bothered me because like we would, people will use this term, and I've said it to folks who are using. I'm like, it, but it's not post. There's nothing post about this, right? Like when you're talking about a, a nine year old kid who's living in this environment, like it's we we can't solve the problem if we talk about this complex post traumatic like it's not post so that that you know that that's that random I'm I'm, I'm 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 kidding I, I'm I'm not kidding my wife was talking about something she was um, discussing or something an article she read and then I just thought about it it just popped in my head I was like I just thought about it. It the traumatic, the trauma is not post. <laughs> no, like, it's, bro, it's, it's the, most, it's the, the dumbest name. Stuff. Like I don't. I like, I, did now, I hate again, it. Again, if for the example that you used, I'm glad you gave the. You know, for our listeners, you're like, where's the hip hop in this? We're giving you the history. Stay with us. 
um, there's there's education here for everyone. But when you brought in the conversation around how it initiated the term from war, so the war is over, you've come home. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. But yes. that's the part, that's why I use, like, yes, that's where the term came from. And then I bridged it, your, your definition and your example, to it's used in the communities of the students that we serve. Oh, your friend just got shot. You suffer from PTSD. No, my friend just got shot. And I'm afraid that I'm going to get shot every single day. And or I stand here burning these, these candlelight vigils every day for the next 17 weeks. That don't sound like over to me. That sounds like it's happening right now. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, because you have oftentimes you're in the environment where if you if you um, do have lack of funds, you're dealing with that constantly, and all the things that come with that. Um, if a lot of times, if you're if you are in the environment, there are there is more than one person that you are losing over the course over the span of a, you know, significant amount of time, um, you are continue to be subjected to uh, food deserts, right? And, and lack of healthy foods, which can take a toll on your body. But again, it's constant and continuous to your point and is not something that it is, it is one thing to be from that environment, be able to, you know, uh, achieve some sort of, uh, economic stability right and whether or not you live in an environment do do the work that is required to at least not have to uh continue to be bombarded with those stressors every day but unless or until you have reached that point it's not post and so oftentimes folks will use the term again what i have heard oftentimes is this complex ptsd as a way of uh, differentiating PTSD that somebody in war will um, will experience in terms of coming back versus those who are continuing to live in it. But to me, and this is just, and I'll, I'll end my, my soapbox, it makes no sense to have the term post in it if they are still <laughs> in, in the environment that is causing the trauma, right? So th- that is that has never sat well with me. I don't like it, I'm, I, I am glad to have heard another uh, term because I have literally said like it's ongoing. And so, yeah, we gotta, we gotta deal with that. But to your other question, um, no, I have not, I, I, that wasn't part of my, my dissertation, but I do think that something that I've, uh, that I have thought about pretty regularly is, and again, I mean, and, and I'm saying this for, for black folks as a whole, but I think again, is kind of represented within the, the microcosm of hip hop is also this like kind of identity tied to struggle as a whole, right? And and again, I think goes back to the question of like, what, how is it that our responses to certain things, what does that say about where we are collectively? Because, you know, if you even think about the divide between, you know, house and field, right? And the feeling that like, well, if you was in the field, you was getting worked harder. So your experience was more real, right? If we take it to kind of modern, if we, you, you, 
sometimes we will have the divide between in terms of colorism, right? So if you're uh, darker skin, then automatically your uh, experience is is more real or authentic or whatever as a black person, quote unquote, because you have darker skin because of the history that's there, right? But that can sometimes discount, you know, either just uh, uh, certain um, the the other uh, dynamics that come along with being either lighter skin or biracial or whatever, right? There's a whole host of things that come along with that. Uh, there's obviously the the uh, economic portion of if you are black and uh, and from low income community versus black and being middle class or wealthy or whatever, the dynamic of who is quote unquote more black or whatever, right? Like these things, these conversations happen as a way of measuring blackness in many different regards, right? But oftentimes, what's what that is rooted in is struggle right and the and the equation of blackness being to struggle again going back to our history of of slavery right like but but again what does that say and and you know and, and part of the reason I, I thought about this moment is because you know you were you you may mention of uh, some show I, I don't watch it so i don't know but like some show where there is a difference between acknowledging like, hey, there is a me or somebody uh, coming from a certain environment, uh, uh, from, a, from a lower income uh, environment and the struggles that they had to go through are going to be drastically different. And in some cases, in many cases, probably what would be considered much more extreme than somebody who's coming from a middle-class uh, background or whatever, right? But that is not the same as equating blackness and what it means to be a black person in America, right? And and the experience that that you have as such, regardless of whatever your your um, your background is. And so, as we have this conversation around like mental health, around you know wellness as a whole, I think it's also something to unpack, and probably more than we have time to do for tonight. But like what is is our identity um again generally speaking but but have we used struggle as a way of um as as something that we cannot separate from our identity as black folks right um is that how we have at least acted in a lot of ways and then and then does that then show up in the music so Dev, this kind of comes back full circle to your question around like would hip-hop exist if there was no struggle right is that something that we that we wrestle with and then how do we overcome that <laughs> right like which again i don't think that there's any one particular answer but i just think is 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 another portion of this that makes it very very complex um because if if we do operate in that manner, or if we do have this thing that would suggest that to be black in America is to struggle and that is part of our identity, can we, can we truly um, be in a space of healing, 
right? Like I even think about one of one of one of the most liberal, I don't want to say liberating experiences, but like one thing that I noticed that was really, I think was really good for me, right? Especially growing up in a black church. So often what will happen in, in many church contexts, at least for mine, right, is that the uh, what was being preached on most Sundays was about uh, or was 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 positioning the faith in relationship to our collective struggle as Black folks. But there was a there was a time in LA where I was going to a church that was headed up by a white pastor, and what that allowed for me to do is as a follower of Jesus is to take time not to hear about Jesus solely or almost exclusively again not this is not a, a blank statement but almost exclusively in relationship to the African-American struggle and like what that means for us but to who is Jesus right like because white folks don't have to wrestle with that right like they don't have to wrestle with the struggle part they just they can just learn about <laughs> who it is that they say that they look to in their faith right and even just having a couple of years of that allowed me to grow my faith and then to have a different perspective. And now I'm back at another church that like is rooted in social justice led by a black pastor, all that. And it's something that, um, and I'm really proud of what my church represents, but I also needed a little bit of time to just be like, Oh, let me learn about who it is that I say that I follow. Not because not solely because the only thing that, this represents is one of healing from struggle, but like there is a larger context that's here that I wasn't always able to like fully appreciate, right? And so I just, I go on that long diatribe just to say like, I, I that is another piece of this is that struggle and identity piece. Um, and where does that leave us, right? collectively um and again i don't know if y'all see it that way or not but that's just something that i've kind of seen or that i think i've seen and i've heard within hip-hop specifically but also just kind of in the larger context of like the black community but like uh, uh, i'd love to hear y'all your thoughts on that hmm, i would um man that's actually uh it's pretty tough uh to explain, I, I think it just kind of just goes into what life is about, right? And uh, I think I want to answer it to, there's there's things that get documented that we go through that, that exist uh, past uh, this generation, like living here, right? Say, you know, you know, people from the 1910s and 20s and stuff where without documentation, we wouldn't necessarily know through expression. Of course, people uh, could fortunately be old enough to tell their stories and whatnot, but it just makes me think about the logic of it, of how hip hop has, has gone through what we've gone through um, and it being recorded to then it being analyzed. And, and these topics that we're speaking on, on mental health, then being addressed through how we how we actually live through hip hop and, and the things we were talking about. Um, I don't think people, I don't think people really 
will be able unless you know as technology advances i don't think people will under uh see how how we actually navigated through it per se but maybe through some course of a couple people's lives or examples that we would get to see we would get to see how hip-hop was this oyster of people having uh you know, mental health, uh, I won't say mental health issues, but basically expressing their their habits, right, that may contribute to um, some kind of detriment towards, uh, you know, a negative mental health state. And then um, people being able to now just look at this documentation and see like, oh, man, you have this genre who kind of like address acknowledged it um because addressing is another thing right so acknowledged it then you have other artists who can can you know give you tools that that can cope with it like and and, and this is why i kept bringing up artists who come out on top because we say people can can articulate what they've gone through in such an amazing way so I think about Kendrick and J. Cole so even beyond that I would say Tupac was a good one as well even though if you were to look at his life that's why I hope documentation gets better uh like curated and sorted as as we go beyond because we could think about all the documentaries that came out with Tupac that would explain more than what his music did right so I'm more so thinking about um I'm more so thinking about how people will be able to analyze and conclude how hip hop really kind of address mental health and and almost like this real life vacuum state of all right these are what people were going through it was an example of what your your consumers or citizens of the world were going through and then it in some ways there are people who figured it out so i i think that's that's sort of amazing to me um and i'm sorry that that probably didn't answer your question but that's that's just kind of where my my head is at as far as like what it means to to really look at mental health in in, in the state in 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 the in the genre and uh Although we may feel like how we, how you even mentioned how some some of the younger artists may address it, it still allows you to kind of see this timeline of like, man, these group of people, like you said, the blues, it really hip hop is like the blues 2.0, right? Because the, there's there wasn't enough mediums at the time that the blues were were happening, you know, to to kind of to kind of understand what was going on except with except with the pairing of history right that that the that the blues can be explained or something like that whereas hip-hop you could probably get it all through through his music you know and, and get it explained so i think that's again although can be a, a very unfortunate uh witnessing of seeing you know people go through it but hip-hop actually painting the picture of what it means to navigate through mental health, uh, some artists being able to conquer it and and overcome it and then stand on top because because we we mentioned Jay Z so 
Um, he, he would be a great example uh, still. And then alongside of the others. Um, and man, it's such a huge spectrum because I even think on the other side where, you know, like we mentioned it before earlier, a person like Lupe, who is such on the other side of trying to help people through their mental health, gets frustrated with the results of <laughs> gets frustrated with the results of him trying to present like y'all we struggling this is what y'all need to hear and then almost like nobody taking him serious or is like oh man he's too deep for me or so it's just like so i just i just love how this genre can 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 present all these perspectives on it and now it's 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 a vault, right? And and man, now it just makes me think about having a hip hop museum, just like they did. Um, what more recently? And when I say more recently, I'm probably thinking like ten years. But the 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 African American museum that was built in uh, D.C., right? Yep. So um, that that just kind of gets me excited to what all this will mean at the at the end of an era or an end of a generation um you know blues blues have you know moved on right uh so i, I guess we can say i mean we, we would hope hip-hop lives forever um but we would say it could evolve into a sense of of changing ultimately you know i'm thinking i'm thinking like 100 years down the line right so i'm of course um but 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 now seeing how it was kind of put out there in the open so i mean i don't know if that that helps anything or if that sparks anything but i'll let mylon uh mylon give his give his final thoughts before we close out oh my bad um final thoughts i i i think after listening to and i i think we you know went down the positive uh, side of a, of a of a the rabbit hole of the layers that are connected to mental health in in this art culture or art form, and I, I think what I what I heard was and reflected on was yes the art comes from the mud, um, if you will. Um, however, and, it, and, and we didn't even get into which that could have been a whole nother conversation is why the artists like Kobe and even Will Smith um, were looked upon differently because they didn't necessarily, their rap, their, what they were rapping about wasn't the same type of struggle. Like Will, Will Smith was like, yeah, I'm from Philly, but not I was standing out here on a corner on Philly. It was just like that's where I'm from. Um, and Kobe, of course, you're 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 an NBA player. Like like that's one of the most difficult and complicated. You're a millionaire, but why can't millionaires like he can't rhyme? And like we say, also rappers, Drake. I don't. He started from the bottom. Now he's here, and we're still listening. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's, 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 okay, you're no longer at the bottom, and we're still listening. Um, um, the song could actually have a pause impact to it. But listen, um, I, I think my thoughts are that there's layers. <laughs> the reach that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just 
listened to, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Um, uh, I, I think that I just, this time we spent together just allowed me to, to just reflect on the layers that are included in the artist, the participant, and the shared trauma. Um, like, is there a space and place for us to be brave and acknowledge those things? And to what degree do we like, Benny is working on his third or fourth studio album. It's like, even if we say like, yes, yeah, a place for that, talk about where you're from, talk about Buffalo, talk about what you're going through. Is it a space to say for us, is accountability look like, yeah, man, now you need to talk about something else. And like, I think I heard somebody in here say, you don't never want to tell, I think it was Devin, never want to tell someone what to feel and all right, dude, you can't talk about that anymore. You got to start talking about something else. You don't want to do that. So there are layers to it and it's complicated, but it's definitely something worth listening to, um, not the music only, but listening to the, the complexity of those layers to make sure that we are not um, just watching people hurt, but make something that we enjoy. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll end there. Dev, you got any final, final, final thoughts? Um, I mean, it was kind of wrapped up in my last uh, spiel, oh. but it's, it's kind of like, you know, this is this is what I, I, I lately has been like that. It's like <laughs> I just love this genre and in, in, in all the things that it brings. Right. Uh, there were so many elements, um, even in thinking that it isn't so soaked in mental health issues or societal issues or, you know, uh, the relations between different cultures and stuff. But um also, you know, the partying elements, enjoying yourself, you know, kicking rhymes and, and just, you know, having a good time. But the fact that it can encompass all these things at the same time, um, there's definitely taboos in there that still would have to be addressed. Um, but there's definitely artists, like we mentioned, that have come out to address these things. And so they're out there in the airways, right? So it's going to take now just simple historians to to put pieces together to to have this museum if you will um something that's so public as a museum probably can't get too deep right but some somehow some way you know even the way technology has been advancing you know later on down the line we'll be able to get to some nitty-gritty things that hip-hop uh has has had artists address and and then uh be able to to have some some analyzation on it um Man, it's funny how we, it's funny how at a certain portion in, or a certain time in hip hop, people were saying it could never be used for education, but it looked like that is the ultimate end goal of hip hop is like, there's going to be this whole uh, oasis of education, low key, because there's going to be artists that addressed everything, whether it's like we said, um, what do we say? Uh, because I'm, I'm going to back to the 90s now, like, well, gangster rap or or they, they say reality rap sounded like glorification uh, of gang life and, and a lot of the um, 
negativity that you will hear that happens in, in, in neighborhoods or hoods, right? But at the same time, no one will understand the complexities or the perspective in which those people were living in unless it was coming through rap songs. So uh, that, that to me just creates a place and a platform to be educated now. And, and with all these things coming together in an equation, you know, it's going, it's going to equal a beautiful thing in what hip hop is, man. So that'll be my final thoughts. Um, yeah, man, I just, I, I'll just say, uh, I, I appreciate whoever listened to this, because obviously, as I'm sure folks heard, this is a topic that um, can branch in so many different ways. And so what I think folks here is doing is just kind of processing, um, knowing that, you know, mental health is something that I think is becoming more and more discussed as it should be. Um, but that it is, uh, there are so many layers to it. And then especially when you add on what we have been talking about here, especially in terms of the experience of Black folks in this country um, and how that impacts mental health and then how does that show up in uh, a genre and a culture like hip hop that is dominated by Black artists um, and Black people um, and can oftentimes be the outlet for all facets of us and our emotions and whatnot. Um, just kind of getting at like, what does what does it mean to either address mental health or what does our mental health really look like um, within this culture because of because of all of that. So um, it's something that I think we could probably continue to talk about um, down the line in future episodes. Um, and maybe even break things down like one by one. But this is, I think, a good starting point just to start to have the conversation. And I think for me, as like I'm having it, it's just like to continue to check myself on when I am uh, consuming hip hop, talking about hip hop, talking about hip hop artists, uh, uh, you know, examining things in the culture, analyzing what's happening in the culture, making judgments on things, whatever is keeping this conversation in mind and like what may be some things that we are seeing or experiencing because of mental health what does my own mental health how does my own mental health impact how i'm viewing certain things that are happening in the culture right um and you know whether or not i can do something directly for like any of these artists who we're talking about right or any artist who, who is out there um how just what role does mental health play in that whether that be for them for me or us collectively um as we continue to just be and do hip-hop culture um so yeah so i guess that would be my final thoughts uh any shout outs y'all have tonight before we wrap up young dev you got any shout outs and uh, I think this is this is going to be an interesting shout out for me. But shout out to whoever, as 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 Mylon's going to feel slight slightly disrespected in this shout out. <laughs> shout out to whoever finally motivated 
my wife and I to catch snowfall. <laughs> I am so glad you're actually finally watching this show. I mean, I knew it was an amazing show. It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, once I get into it, I got to really be into it. No distractions. And I mean, I guess that time has come and, uh, you know, I really enjoy it. And for me being from LA born and raised, it's like, it's definitely, um, a history lesson and to a degree where when you start to see, cause you know, it, there could be some fictional elements to it. Right. But, um, getting the theme of it all and then knowing some of just the stories that I hear from family members growing up, um, you know, you, you get, you feel the temperature, right? You feel the temperature on the show um, of what was going on in LA at that time. And then getting to see, you know, sadly, it's funny, we talking about mental health. <laughs> uh, sadly, you can see the result of, of what those times have done to our city. Um, and even the mind states of the people um, still trying to recover from that, right? So, um, and then it, it results it results in like how there's a lot of ambition still coming from it, but then there's a lot of things that are holding us back down. So it's like we're trying to break these chains and whatnot. So it's just like watching that show was pretty dope. So shout out to the person who finally got me to now get into my think piece of what you know those times uh, may have caused on on the trajectory. Uh, of our city and and the people that are in it right so uh sorry mylan this <laughs> <laughs> nah, i'll leave it at that <laughs> mr drake any any shout outs um i i did have a i had a, a different shout out um but I'm going to go with uh, shout out to this is uh, it's for it points to a lot of people and it's not it's not hip hop related necessarily. Just shout out to teachers, man. I've just been talking to professors and teachers, K through twelve, and principals and just folks in my network and. It's, this is a complicated situation, man. Um, you know, just going back, it's not just going back. It's its a new normal. Um, you got some school districts, <clears throat> as you pointed, I think we were having a different conversation offline about OUSD, just totally different than some other school districts in their attempt to get it right for the sake of the students and the families that we are serving. Um, just, this is no easy task, man. Um, it's, it's right up there. I mean, I don't want to say right up there, just as, I want to say equal, but just as essential you know, workers in these hospitals and doctors, nurses, um, any, anybody working in a hospital at any level, this is, this is not normal this is not your normal behavior and i think we kind of come to kind of normalize what doctors are doing it's like oh yeah they're doctors they're doing doctor stuff but now that's another human being dealing with someone who may be infected uh, with covid and risking their life now they've always risked their life but we i think it's safe to say i think we can all agree as they say 
that at these these times and age, these days and times is a different level of risk. And I say the same thing um, for teachers. That's all. Just shout out to everybody who's showing up, putting you know, <laughs> putting on literal pants and shirts. Um, to get out here and serve these kids, not over Zoom anymore. We're like in 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 rooms, and it's uh, it's it's good. I'm happy for the. I'm really happy for the kids. Um, I'm concerned for. I'm happy for the young people because uh, their young people are at different levels. Um, but I'm but I'm concerned and just want to acknowledge the the hard work that uh, teachers have to put in to 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 make stuff happen. So uh, that that is all. That's what I got. All good. Um, yeah, I just saw that OUSD actually uh, uh, voted to mandate uh, vaccinations for anybody 12 and older. Uh, they didn't say when it's going to go into effect yet, but that's supposed to be coming down the line. So that'll be interesting. Um, but uh, man, my shout out. Uh, the Fujis are back together after 25 years. They're doing some tour dates and uh, I have contemplated if it was worth catching COVID to go uh, see them since they're coming out here to Oakland. Um, is, it, is it called a COVID tour, brother? Well, he's like, yeah, you know, brother, you go brother. see them, you just catch it, man. So I'm just yeah. trying to think if I'm worth, if it's worth it. Come on, they're going to be, they're gonna be in a stadium here in Oakland. I, I, I can't, I can't do it, man. Bro, trust I, your vax, bro. No, <laughs> no, no, I can't do it, man. We, we already vax, had to cancel the vax. Your yeah, back's got your back, brother. Your no, back. brother. It ain't just me because I can still get it and then I'm going to work. <laughs> I got students there. I got my daughter. I got, it's, just, it's, it's too much. We we already canceled a Usher, to, you know, concert in Vegas. And so uh, I, I can't do it. But, uh, but it was good to see that they, for 25-year anniversary of the score, getting back together and going to be touring. And so I'm sure uh and, and i think that these are songs that lauren hill can perform the original version of uh so so i'm sure that will uh that will be nice for folks to hear them in their original uh in their original form um but uh but yeah just just you know i think we have recently been able to be hit with a lot of nostalgia between you know verses and i think just a lot of shows um or movies that have come out over the course of the last several years now um especially specifically of the 90s so if you like me uh, a millennial and you know grew up in the 90s there's been a lot of stuff that i think has been catered to us in, in terms of nostalgia and so uh you know the the fujis is this is just another example of that um, so whoever does end up going, um, hope you have fun. I hope you don't catch COVID. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see how any of these concerts can't be some form of a spreader, but be the fortunate person who's listening to this goes to the Fuji's concert, enjoys it, has a great time and doesn't catch COVID. You know, I don't think that's too much to ask. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I shot them out, uh, the Fuji's for, for getting back together and giving us one of the most amazing bodies of work that has ever been produced in the score. So, uh, yeah, with that, y'all, please rate, comment, subscribe, let us know. Again, I know that this may yes, have been sir. scattered thoughts on mental on mental health, but uh, but think it was still worth having the conversation and, and got a chance to hear a lot of good stuff from, uh, from our brothers. Um, 
So please be sure to do all of that. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend to listen um, and give their thoughts uh, on this. That's the whole point of us doing this is to have conversation, not just amongst us, but anybody who may be listening. So please let us know what you think. Um, otherwise, until the next time, we're going to push our chairs back from the round table and holler at you on the next one. Peace. Peace. Oh.